We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into another edition of Hand Raised Guys, presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. On tonight's show, I'm joined by former SEC champion, University of Kentucky swimmer, and uh, All-American Riley Gaines. It's a bit of a notice. Tonight's show is a little different. This will be the Friday Oxford Exxon podcast, and it's got some delicate moments in this conversation as Riley discusses being in the locker room with uh, transgender swimmer Leah Thomas at last year's NCAA National Championships. It's a deep conversation at times, so if delicate topics trigger you, this might not be the one for you. If, however, you care about the future of women's sports or you've got girls in your life who are involved in sports or girls in your life, it's a podcast I don't think you really want to miss. So we'll get to Riley in a minute, but first I want to tell you about Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, get in touch with Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call the people at Southern, 662-429-4429. As I said, this will be the Friday Oxford Exxon podcast, the Oxford Exxon located on Highway 6, Highway uh, 6 West in Oxford, just next door to the Oxford Crystal, where you can enjoy the new Sunriser made with the larger round sausage. The combo is just $5.99. It's a great value to start your day right. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for my friend Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662 257 1900. I've got to move my script here. I will tell you that Riley Gaines and all guests. Riley Gaines and all guests join on the MyPerfectFranchise.net hotline. If you're a uh, displaced corporate executive or you're wanting to put your career in your own hands, uh, if you're an experienced entrepreneur and you're looking to diversify, Andy Ludeke can help. He's a longtime Rivals board member, a diehard college football fan, Franchise veteran, he owns multiple franchises and businesses, uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. 
So call Andy and uh, put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. So you've got nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, contact Andy anytime at Andy at myperfectfranchise.net or call him at 404 973 9901. So uh, here's my conversation from earlier on Thursday with SEC champion swimmer Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines, kind enough to spend some time with us here on the podcast. Uh, Riley, I appreciate you doing this uh, very much. I was just telling you before we got started, I've met your dad. On numerous occasions for the Ole Miss people that are watching this, listening to this, Riley's dad is Brad Gaines, the former Vanderbilt and NFL player who, of course, is known for being the guy that Chucky Mullins hit on that fateful day in, uh, I guess, 1989. So appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. Of course, of course. Thank you so, so much. All right. So I'm going to start here because there's a lot I want to get to, but I, I want to sort of set the stage here. You are a, I pulled up your University of Kentucky bio. Um, if I can get it to go, here we go. I mean, your your resume is is incredible, right? You uh, 50 freestyle, the 100 freestyle, 200 freestyle, the 200 butterfly. You are a U.S. Olympics trial qualifier. You're a SEC Female Scholar Athlete of the Year. You're an All-American. You hold multiple SEC records, uh, U.S. records, 2019 SEC silver medalist, bronze medalist, the 20 silver and 20. You won the, the uh, SEC championship in the 200 free, the 800 free uh, in 2021. You are obviously an incredibly accomplished swimmer. When did you well, first? When did you first start swimming? Well, thank you. First of all, I think you made me sound a lot cooler than I really am. <laughs> um, but I first started swimming when I was about the age of four. So, man, this has been a lifelong journey. Um, a lot of people, of course, they see you at the collegiate level, but there's so much work that goes in just to get to that point. Um, it's impossible to put into words the amount of time and the sacrifices that you make competing at that level or wanting to be successful at that level. I mean, you miss out on proms, you miss out on vacations, you miss out on sleepovers, all of the things that essentially make one's childhood. Um, those are things you are, you have to forego if you're wanting to be successful in your sport, which of course that's something I was willing to do. When did you realize you were elite at swimming? So when I was 12, um, I was ranked first in the nation in the hundred butterfly and up until this point, I was so oblivious to swimming. Um, I, of course, did it and tried my best every time, but I had no idea if I was good, if, you know, I would have people coming up to me, oh my gosh, you just went this time and did this. And I'm like, I did? Cool, whatever, on to the next. And so when I turned 12, um, so about sixth or seventh grade, that's kind of when I was like, maybe I should focus in on this. Um, but actually at the time I was still playing softball which I loved too. And so it took me a while to really pick swimming as my, as my choice of, or my sport, because of course you have to dedicate your time to one. Um, at least I think it's probably the most beneficial for you to dedicate your time to one. Um, well, especially if you're going to try to be right. nationally world competitive, right. right? Sure. Right. And so I knew I was good at 12, but didn't start to get really serious, probably until I was 16. Um, that's when I started swimming twice a day. That's when I um, 
really tried to develop a sense of consistency within my practices, my eating habits, my sleep, all of those things. So when you say that, take me through a, you're 16, 17 years old. You're, you're getting serious. You're probably starting to think about the Olympics. You're starting to think about the NCAA championships, things of that nature, still years away, but you're putting in the work. You've, you've made that determination. A typical day for you was how many hours in the pool? Probably about at the high school level, probably four. Um, you would swim two hours in the morning. You would go to school. Um, you would shovel your food down in the car on the way back to practice where you would swim for another two hours. Um, you'd come home, you'd do your homework, you'd eat dinner. And then, of course, you would do it all again the next day. Um, and so you're not getting to go hang out with your friends, right? You're not getting to go to some of the spend the nights and the slumber parties and the the just hang out with the with the girls when they right. go to Sonic or whatever on a on a absolutely yeah just absolutely. stuff. And so at the time, I mean, it made me almost resent swimming. And of course, like I said, I was willing to do it, but it made me so frustrated. Um, which I imagine there are so many young athletes who go through that because it's hard to process what the sacrifices are for at such a young age. Um, but now looking back, um, as a, I'll say wiser, I don't know if I'm really wiser as a wiser, older 22 year old, I'm so grateful for my coaches and my parents and my own self-determination that I had that allowed me to make those sacrifices, um, because it allowed me to be successful in my sport. And ultimately my sport is what gave me the, the leadership and the confidence to be in the position that I'm in now, which I'm sure we'll dive into. In a yeah, that's what we're about to dive into. Uh, so, so you, I set that stage. So you get to Kentucky and you're now competing in the sec against right. some of the best athletes, some of the best female athletes in, in, in the country, some of the best ones in the world, people who are right. Olympic competitors. You, you get off to a great start your freshman year. We talked about it. You, you improve your sophomore year. You go into your your junior year. You win the SEC. You're starting to think about really big things, right? Absolutely. Um, obviously, when you're an elite swimmer, you start to know the other elite swimmers because you guys Absolutely. see each other everywhere you go, and you know how right. you know they're putting in the same amount of work you are. It's this Absolutely. is this is the the difference between first and third is milliseconds, right? It's really exactly. close. Yes. When was the first time you heard of Leah Thomas? So the first time I heard of Leah Thomas was about halfway through my senior season. So about November of 2021. Um, like you said, I had been improving readily, not to mention, first of all, my college experience was already pretty weird because we had COVID, which my sophomore year that took our NCAA championships away. We didn't get an opportunity to compete nationally. Um, and so I kind of had this, um, not necessarily anger, but this drive built up in me that I, there were things I wanted to accomplish. And I knew, of course, as a senior, I was running out of time. And so I had made it my goal to win a national title, which was something I was very capable of doing. Um, and so again, November of 2021, so halfway through my senior season, I was right on pace to win a national title. Um, I was ranked third in the nation in the 200 freestyle. Behind. One amazing female athlete that I was very familiar with, because exactly like you said, being at that elite level, you know each other. 
Um, so one female athlete that I knew very well, even though we competed across the country from each other. And then one person I had never heard of before, which of course was Leah Thomas. But at the time I had no idea that, and it, it never once even could have possibly occurred to me that Leah Thomas was a biological man. Um, so when I was looking at this on paper, still unbeknownst to me, this is a man. There were so many red flags because like you said, I'd never heard of this person who was a, a senior. So how bizarre for someone in their senior year to come out of nowhere and be leading the nation by seconds. Because who was, who was the other swimmer you were talking about? Who's um, I believe it was Isabel Ivy, who is a swimmer from um, University of California. So you and you'd seen her name and seen her oh, before. Absolutely. Yeah. So you knew who she was. Absolutely. So it was just kind of out of the, it was crazy to think that someone would just right. come out of the blue and suddenly absolutely. be better than and, you and her. Right. And another kind of red flag to me at the time was that this person, Leah Thomas, was ranked first in the hundred freestyle. And then everything in between to the mile, which the mile of course is a distance event. So think about running no. is your best 200 meter runner going to be your best marathon runner. No, absolutely not. And so there were so many weird things like who is this person? This person must have the skill set of a God. Like this is <laughs> such an anomaly still never occurring to me that this could be a man. Um, but then, of course, a couple of days after these nation leading times were posted, um, an article came out actually on Swim Swam, which is one of these um, media outlets for swimmers. Um, and it disclosed that Leah Thomas very briefly, it was like it just wanted to insert it and then move on. Um, but very briefly said Leah Thomas, formerly Will Thomas, swam on the men's side at UPenn before switching over and then carried on with the article. And so I'm reading this and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what? This is a male. And and truthfully, I it made it, I mean, it made everything make sense. I was like, okay, I understand now. And I was, of course, shocked just because I never thought this would be something that would infiltrate into swimming, at least in my time. Um, but truthfully, when I heard this, I was relieved because I I could then look up who Will Thomas was and see that Will was mediocre at best as a man, nowhere near the same caliber of swimmer that Leah was as a woman, um, Will ranked 462nd in the men's category. So it was clear to me, and I thought it would be clear to the NCAA that this was not a lateral movement. This wasn't someone going from ranking 50th to 50th in the women's. This was someone who was middle of the pack in the men's, bottom of the barrel pretty much, to now leading the nation for women. So it was something that you really didn't worry about because you you sort of assumed, well, the NCAA is not going to let him, right. her, right. Wh whatever, compete against right. you, you. So you're still thinking in your mind, hey, this is me and Isabel Ivy. We're going for this. I mean, this, right. this is, right. I got to be on my yeah. game to beat her. Absolutely. And so it, it just, truthfully, I, I was relieved. Um, but then, of course, about three weeks before our NCAA championships, the NCAA announced that Thomas would be competing with the women. And they had been back and forth for months saying Thomas will, Thomas won't. They were looking to the International Olympic Committee for guidelines. They were looking to USA Swimming, which shows clearly they didn't want to take accountability for um, any of their actions. Um, but ultimately, they decided it would be best if Thomas did compete with the women. So you, what are your thoughts at that time? I mean, you have three weeks or so you're in the, 
it, in a normal situation, you would be laser focused on swimming Absolutely. at that point. Every Absolutely. every single day, getting ready to go for right. this event that you've, like you said, you got cheated out of in 2020, and here's your chance. And and absolutely, how much it, how much did it weigh on you that this, this that you're going to be swimming against a man in that competition? I think that's a super super important point that a lot of people don't bring up. Swimming is super mental. Unlike most sports, it well, especially at the elite level, right? I mean, right, yeah, right. It's there's a huge mental piece that goes into it that goes into performing at practices, that goes into performing at meets, and so it just felt like this huge distraction. It was all me and my teammates could talk about. Understandably, we were just so I'll use the word intrigued. We were kind of like, what in the world are we going to be subjected to? Like, what is this going to look like for us? Will Leah win? Will Leah bag it? Will we have to share a locker room? Like what is going to happen here? And so of course, every day we continued training to the best that we could, but it just felt like a distraction to put it at best. So you get to the national championships and she's there. He's Leah. Leah Thomas is there. Did you interact with, with Leah at all? Not really. Leah was very um, secluded in a way. Um, I think self secluded. There was also another trans athlete competing at the same meet who, which I think this is another important point that the media does a pretty terrible job of covering. Um, But at that same meet where we had Leah Thomas, who is of course male to female, there was another athlete who swam at Yale who was a transgender athlete, but was transitioning from female to male and identified as he, him, um, went by the name of Isaac, had a double mastectomy and so swam in a Speedo as a biological female. And so there was so much, <laughs> like, it just felt like we were in this twilight zone, but those two athletes kind of stuck together. Um, they both wrote on their arms, let trans kids play to which they were, I don't really know who they were protesting against because they were playing. And again, this is important to me to highlight that we had both types of, of transitioning um, individuals in the women's category because Isaac, who again is a biological female identifying as a male would have never been able to qualify in the men's category. So clearly this shows that it's the women's category that's at jeopardy. And we were sure. basing who could compete off of gender identity or else Isaac, who I haven't complained about, because again, this is a biological female and those are the solutions that we should be looking for. You can be transgender if that's what you so please, but compete where it's fair, which Isaac was doing. Um, so I haven't been one to complain about that, but I do like to highlight it because yeah, because it points out the hypocrisy of it all. Absolutely. The double standard that the NCAA has placed all at the expense of women. So you compete against Will Thomas, Leah Thomas, in I guess it was the 200 Butterfly? 200 Freestyle. 200 Freestyle. And you guys finish with the exact same time, like down to the hundredth of a second. Is that correct? Right. Absolutely. Was just, I mean, it was just kind of, I was just jaw dropped. And now looking back, I realize how God has just, he just put me in that place because tying and swimming, not it. It's not to say it never happens, but it's pretty rare. 
especially when you're swimming an event that's a minute and 43 seconds long, um, to go the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second, that's pretty wild. And so we tied. And again, this was the day after Thomas became the fastest woman in the nation in the, in the um, 500 freestyle, beating out Olympians and American record holders. So can we back up to that day? That's my fault. Yeah. I, I meant to go to that. And that I, I got ahead of myself. I apologize. Um, so on that day, it's the day before you're competing. And, and I, I know you were doing other things as well, but you're also there on the pool deck. And these are people that, right. that that you're friends with, that you're rivals with, that you've gotten to know, you've spent a lot of time, right. you know, at meets, in locker rooms, stuff like that. You know these people. You're right. watching people who you know have put in the same amount of work and sacrifice that you have. You know precisely what's involved right. with getting to that place. And even though you right. want to beat them or whatever, you respect right. them because they've okay. put in the work, right? And Absolutely. you're watching these people be stripped of, their accomplishments absolutely not not legitimately but by by a, a biological male what what's going through your your mind and your heart during that day so watching it in prelims watching thomas swim in prelims destroying everyone um i knew what was to come of course at finals but i was standing on the side of the pool deck and thomas was in the last heat of the morning and so Thomas was swimming and I was standing next to this girl from Virginia tech. Her name is Reka who had just swam the 500. She was in one of the previous seats and she knew that she was going to be right on that bubble of making finals. Um, and so we're watching and I'm standing next to her and we, we watch as the last heat touches and Thomas wins, of course. And she realizes that she got 17th. Um, and she just looked at me, broke down in tears and said, I just got beat out by someone who didn't even have to try. And it just, it just broke me. That's when it became really real to me that this is, I mean, this is affecting girls. Like this is affecting girls more than just, I mean, they're losing out. This girl is now not an all American because Thomas, and she was staying, she's actually from Hungary. She stayed for a fifth year. So she could accomplish that. So she swam five years to get to that moment. And it's five years at the collegiate level from Hungary to get to this moment, to have it taken from a, a man. And it just felt like, and then watching it again at night. And of course, Thomas winning again by seconds, which in swimming is a lot. It just felt like we had gone back 50 years in time to before title nine. Like that's what I, I, and of course I wasn't around when title nine was enacted, but just seeing girls lose out on opportunities as a men, I never thought I would see this in sports because we had come so far. Yeah. Um, just hearing of how women's sports have evolved, have evolved and all of these things, again, providing women with opportunities. I mean, we just, I watched it right with my own eyes be taken away from these girls in that event, these girls all around the pool deck. Podcast brought to you in part by prom shrimp, prom shrimp.com, seven different flavors available for you. You can get them delivered directly to your door. You are the 10 minutes freezer to plate, and they take care of you for dinner. The New Orleans-style barbecue, their most recent offering, the Signature, one of my favorites, the French Quarter Alfredo, the garlic herb butter, the Simply Shrimp lets you uh, season it yourself. Great for kids, people with a little more of a discerning palate. They will help you out there with Prime Shrimp. And now use code RG. That's code RG. Five packs or more, 25% off with Rebel Grove and code RG at PrimeShrimp.com. 
Walk on Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po' boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out in Oxford or uh, Ridgeland today. You can also order at walkons.com or on their very convenient Walk-Ons app. The College Corner is your one-stop rebel shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet. In uh, Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, you can go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're having uh, another weird weather day today in Oxford because it's that time of year when you use your heater one day, your air conditioner the next. Uh, Get in touch with our friends at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Make sure that all of your uh, heating and cooling systems are in tip-top shape. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, those areas, get in touch with the people at Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, Olive Branch, South Haven, those areas, get in touch with our friends at Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups. So don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. And then don't forget about Solutions RX. It's a probiotic, multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical-grade, manufactured right here inside Mississippi. Check out their prescription support. If you use any high blood pressure medicine, cholesterol medications, Uh, diabetes medications, prescription support is going to make a big difference for you. It's going to make you more compliant. It's going to keep you healthier over the long term. SolutionsRx.com, promo code OEP at checkout to get 10% off your first order. Podcast also brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. Your national champions are back for another year of Ole Miss baseball. Show your support for their efforts on the field this season by signing up for the Pledge Per Win and Pledge Per Home Run campaigns. Donations are charged every Monday. They're allocated into your blue priority point total and up to 90% tax deductible. You can sign up today by visiting give2athletics.com slash donate or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. Remember, Morgan Wallen tickets still available these two nights in April during LSU weekend for Ole Miss baseball. Tickets available at morganwallen.com. Great prices on both nights, the Saturday and the Sunday. Again, morganwallen.com. So you finish the next day you, exactly. We talked about this the hundredth of a second. The yes. story that I've so heard, the story that I've heard you tell, and I'm about to get you to tell it for for my audience, is just as a dad, it breaks my heart. I cannot imagine what this part of it was like for your dad, and we're going to get to some of the other stuff too. But you, I know it's not about the trophy, right? It's it's not, but. Right. It's it's not about some piece of plastic or whatever, but it's right. it's that moment. I mean, there's a lot of work that went into that moment. Not just your work, but the people that drove you to practice, the people that cheered for you at practice, yeah. the people that got you up, the people that are like, "Hey, you can keep doing this," and fixed your food and all of that stuff. There were all. It, it's more than just you involved in this. You Absolutely. you got cheated out of it. Tell, tell us about it. So we tied. Um, I just remember I touched the wall, and before I even looked at what I went, I was so curious if Leah won. And so before I even look at my own time, my own place, I, I look at Leah's and I see the number and then I'm, I look at my name and I, I double take and I'm like, wait a minute. 
we just tied. I'm like, oh no. And at this point, I was already planning on not going on the podium. That was going to be my form of protest because I wanted to compete. I didn't feel like it should be my place to have to give up my spot. Um, and when I asked actually the NCAA official, you know, what happens if I if I don't step on the block? Because I thought that would be a good way to make a statement. And he told me, well, we have alternates and it will be next person up if you don't get up. So I was like, okay, I don't want to miss out and not even make take a stance. So I won't get on the podium. That was going to be my my form of protest. But then when I realized we tied, kind of all of these thoughts are going through my head. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe this will be a good opportunity to show people the difference between a 6-4 man and a 5-5 female. Maybe I will get on the podium because now if I don't, there's not even an empty place because we tied. And so all these thoughts going through my head and we go behind the awards podium where they hand you the trophies and the official looks at me and says, great job, y'all tied. Um, Leah gets the trophy. We, Riley, we can eventually mail you one, but you'll go home empty-handed. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, like I understand there's one trophy, like I understand you don't account for ties, but why are you giving this trophy to Thomas? What's the thought process? And he was not prepared for me to ask him that question. He said, well, you know, we're just doing this in chronological order. And I say, okay, what are you being chronological about? And he said, well, for photo purposes, Leah has to have the trophy. Um, And it was at that moment that I felt like, we as female athletes had been reduced to a photo op to validate the feelings of a man our whole lives exactly like we've described working to get to that point it it was like they just made a mockery of it all it was just a photo op that's what we were reduced to and so um and again I didn't want the trophy. I didn't, when I was asking this man, this questions, you're exactly right. I'm a 12 time all American. I have lots of those at home. It was the tangible trophy. It was the principle behind what they were allowing and why they were allowing it. Um, and so that's kind of, that's kind of that. And again, Leah's standing right beside me and it's actually a lot more hostile than I'm describing to you. (laughs) My heart rate was high and I'm screaming at this official, And I look at him and I say, you're going to give this trophy to a man in the women's 200 freestyle with Leah standing right beside me. And Leah doesn't offer it, doesn't say a word, which again, I didn't even want the super trophy. (laughs) Um, I'll try to ask about this in a way that doesn't make you uncomfortable. But at the same time, I, I think this is such a important part of the story and it leads to where this is all going. And one of the reasons that I think you're being as vocal as you're being and, 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 and the courage that it takes for you to do this in this political climate. I, I really admire it. Um, obviously, when you swim, you're putting on a, I don't know what the word is, a suit. Right, a neat skin. Yeah, like a, yeah. That is super tight that I'm going to assume as someone who's never worn one, I'm going to assume that it takes a minute to get into one. Um, At least 15. <laughs> and I'm going to assume <laughs> just for the sake of just being clear that you're not wearing anything underneath it. It's, it's your, it's your clothing. Correct. And when you get in the pool, obviously the water is wet. The suit gets wet. I'm going to assume that it's not exactly super easy to get out of that suit when you go into the locker room. Is that correct? You have great knowledge about this. I mean, I'm just a, it's common sense at this point, which is, I guess makes me rare. Um, so when you're in a locker room, putting on a suit, and taking off a suit, and that's the only thing you're wearing, there are going to be 
moments in the locker room where you are either naked or partially naked. Is that fair? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And so you've done, you've been in that situation. You've been in those locker rooms throughout your training and throughout your college years. And so it was always other female athletes in the room. Right. And so I'm sure there was some awkwardness at times, but you sort of knew what you were getting into, right? You sort right. of, that's what you signed up for. Yes, absolutely. Um, you've described it perfectly. The swimming locker room, growing up in a swimming locker room, you get comfortable with being vulnerable in a sense, because okay. you're all in that same position. Um, and it's not a place of modesty because like you said, these suits, I mean, you hold it up to your body when it's not on your body and it looks like it would fit a infant. I mean, these suits are tiny. And so you do have to like maneuver into them, which takes at least 15 minutes of full exposure. I mean, everything. But again, growing up a swimmer, you're comfortable doing that. You're comfortable being around your teammates in that way Um, because you're, you're used to it and you're all in the same position. But I cannot describe to you the just the subconscious feeling of exploitation of uncomfort when you turn around in that locker room first and foremost not being forewarned of this arrangement um never being told this would be the case when you turn around in that locker room and there's a six foot four 22 year old man undressing while you're fully fully naked it just and 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 so i have to ask this because it's obvious right you're we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. You're naked, other women are naked, he's naked, and, right. and he has male genitalia. Yep, and I think that's a, a common misconception, understandably, is when you hear the word transgender, you think they've gone through all the reassignment surgeries. You automatically assume that they're on a correct amount of hormone suppression. But th- there was no guidelines in place for us to protect us. All Leah had to do was say, I identify as a woman undergoing no surgery, no um, physical changes. 
um, and be on one 12 months of hormone suppression to which they didn't check. There's no checking of the levels. It was just um, trusting that Thomas was on 12 years of hormone suppression. And so definitely a common misconception when you hear the word transgender, you don't think it's a fully intact male, but that is what we were exposed to, which is. So what was, was, I don't even know what word to use. Leo will watching, right. w- watching you dress. Cause it's a pretty intimate area, right? It's not like a yeah. massive locker. Yeah. Room. I mean, it's definitely an intimate area and there's tons of girls on the pool deck. I mean, these are, it's an exclusive meet because it's your national championship and mm-hmm. only about 30 or so girls are invited per event across the nation. And so it's exclusive, it's exclusive, but there's, there's tons of girls there. I mean, and these locker rooms are tiny, like you said. And so Leah wasn't overtly um, going out of his way to be obscene um, necessarily, but the parts were there and we saw the parts Um and there was no doubt that Leah was seeing these other women undress because again, the space is tiny and there's a bunch of undressed females. So how did they um, justify that? Did they say it's a unisex locker room? <laughs> yes. So, so, so what has to go through? Well, what stopped just other men like, from walking in? Hopefully there's their moral, <laughs> their right. moral company. Right. They have it because that is exactly what the NCAA did. Um, whenever, we were first initially exposed to this arrangement again, to which we did not consent. Um, I immediately went outside and talked to my coach, like, how are they getting away with this? Who let this happen? This is terrible. You don't understand. Like this is not necessarily speaking for myself because I've never had to go through any sort of traumatic experience um, involving a male where I was in any sort of way sexually harassed, but this event and this exposure was traumatic to so many. And so I'm asking my coach, what can we do about this? Um, And he said, well, in their packet that the NCAA gave them, um, the the locker rooms were unisex. And that to me was worse than the competition piece because now you're saying that any man can walk in there and you didn't even warn us that this could be the case. Um, again, I don't, I I mean, I would imagine these coaches would never, ever do that, but subjecting us to that, any man, not even a self-identifying woman could walk in there. It just felt like, I mean, two years ago, a year ago, this would have been some sort of sexual harassment or indecent exposure, having a man in that capacity in a woman's dressing room. But it's not even like the NCAA was just allowing this. They were enabling this and they were encouraging this. I've met your dad. Um, and I know you're married <laughs> as well. I've, I've, I've never, I've never met your husband. Um, I, I'm, I, I assume I would, I would guess, uh, I would guess that he was not happy. Um, I've met your dad. I, I I'm, I'm amazed that they were able to keep him out of the locker room and not well, to, not to come in and look at girls, but to come in and hurt someone. I had to tell him, dad, Hey, we already have one guy in there. We don't need another, (laughs) but let me tell you as a dad who of course is protective of his family, of his daughters. Um, this was unfathomable for him. It was hard for him to even be in the pool watching us compete when he knows we're competing against a man. And that's not unique to my dad. I mean, there are so many parents tears in the stand watching their daughters lose out on opportunities and knowing what their daughters 
we're being subjected to in the locker room. Um, but you're exactly right. This is something that my dad wanted to handle with his own <laughs> two hands. I'm and sure. I have to say that, that is not the answer here. Um, you've, you've become outspoken about this. Uh, what, what motivated you, what led you knowing that in this climate, I'm going to get, and I'll ask you about it in a minute. I'm going to guess that you've gotten some pushback. What, uh, probably a lot of it. What led you to say, Hey, um, I'm going to speak up. I'm, I'm, and you're a young person. I mean, you are, you are ex and this, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's true. You are accepting a degree of risk here when, when, by, by speaking out. I mean, you, you, you have your entire life in front of you, your, your professional career in front of you. People right. are, go, people are going to desperately try to label you. They're, they're going to try to label me for talking to you. I know how it works. <laughs> um, but what, what led you to speak up? You know, before I initially, I had people um, like media outlets, Instagram DMing me, hey, hey, they were looking for anyone to talk to them, of course, because this is something that would draw in. I mean, it was clickbait. And so they were reaching out to tons of swimmers to which no one, everyone was so scared. Um, and so I was getting all of these requests. And before I did anything, I wanted to talk with my athletic director, Mitch Barnhart who is, I mean, he's my friend. Like I, we had such a good relationship. And so I called him the day after and I said, Hey, this is what's happened. This is how I feel. I never want to paint the school in a bad light, but is, would you be okay if I go public with my feelings? And he said, absolutely. He said, I can't encourage you enough to speak your heart. What you guys went through is a travesty and no one should have to go through it to which now I'm realizing how much of an anomaly it is to have an athletic director or anyone supporting you in an administrative role, supporting you. And so called him got the okay from him. Um, and I spoke with the daily wire actually, and from there it blew up, but what initially pushed me to that point, um, to the point where I felt like I needed to speak up is because truthfully I was looking for someone to speak up. I thought, you know, there would be someone, some other swimmer would do it. There would be a coach that would do it. There would be someone with political power to say something, but it was like crickets. The only thing I was seeing was how ESPN was calling Leah Thomas so brave. And I was sick of it. I was like, Leah Thomas is not brave. Leah Thomas is a coward. And, and again, I don't have any animosity towards Leah, um, but I do think Leah is selfish. I think what Leah put all of us as female athletes through, um, was extremely selfish. And so because no one else was doing it, I felt compelled to, um, I just thought of, again, the people who fought so hard for title nine. And now we were back to square one and that that's, you know, the left generally it's been the left. They like to look at this as something that's progressive, but this did not feel like progress. This felt like we were time traveling, um, and then I thought of my own present female or the present female athletes, my own teammates, Leah Thomas's teammates, who were petrified into using their name to publicly speak out. And then, of course, I thought of the future generation of athletes. What will this look like for them if no one says anything and this is just brushed under the rug? And that's kind of what pushed me to feeling comfortable enough to go public with how I felt. 
it's irony, isn't it, that the people who you would think would be most um, vigilant in pushing for Title IX legislation and for Title IX to be enacted and for Title IX to be fulfilled were the very people who were supporting something that punished female athletes. There were no male athletes punished here. No. This was complete. No. This was this was the same people who claimed to be so uh, adamant about Title IX punishing right. female athletes. Right. Which was crazy to me. Um, it just seemed wild that these people turned their back. I mean, I dedicated my life to the NCAA um, because, again, this went far beyond just my collegiate experience. And it just felt like they just slapped me across the face, me and all my other teammates. And so you're exactly right in saying, where are all the people who were so involved in the Me Too movement? Where are these people? And by no means did I ever consider myself a feminist. I feel like relationships, uh, there's this sense of codependency. Um, At least that's how my husband and I work. We're very dependent on one another. And so, yes, I, I do believe in of course, the empowerment of females and especially that which comes from women's athletics, but I'm not a feminist, but I almost feel like we have this new modern day feminist, which is just understanding that there are two sexes, that you can't change your sex and that women deserve equal opportunities. You talked about people, you talked to other athletes, you talked to some of Leah Thomas's teammates. I know privately you, you would, you would get feedback from a lot of people how frustrating is it for you that here we are in mid-february of 2023 and a lot of people privately are reaching out to you saying hey way to go way to go um keep it up right yet you're just i mean you're a powerful voice but you're just one voice you you could use some company and and the fact that you're not getting a ton of it from fellow female athletes how frustrating is that to you so incredibly frustrating. I, I mean, I've had, like you said, so, so many people with great influence. I'm talking Olympians, the, some of the greatest swimmers of all time. If that gives any hints, because I don't want to publicly out these people because I understand where they're coming from in a sense. Um, but truthfully, we're getting to the point where I'm losing that understanding because this silence that's complicity. These people who are being quiet and privately sending me their thanks. At first I I was grateful for this. I was like, wow, I'm doing something awesome. These people are grateful for me. I'll keep going. But now a year removed almost, I don't want to hear these people's thanks anymore because they have a much larger platform than I. Um, They have more following, more weight in these decisions that are being made by these organizations why is it being left up to the 22 year old who's supposed to be in dental school, who's had to reroute her whole life plans to kind of handle this? Um, I'm supposed to, so I was supposed to be in dental school last year to which I deferred because I, I knew this is something that needs to be handled with urgency. It's not like you could put it off until after dental school. And so I'm supposed to go to dental school in the fall, but there's still, there's no one for me to pass the torch to. Um, And I don't want this to be something that the NCAA can just brush under the rug. And so it's crucial that we have athletes, specifically female athletes, 
willing to take a stance because I promise you it is not as scary as what they want you to think, what the media wants you to think. That's not to say it doesn't come with pushback because it definitely does. But the support and the opportunities that it's given me is tenfold anything negative. The NCAA specifically, have they pushed back against you? Um, not directly, actually. Um, I was nominated for um, Woman of the Year um, by my university, which I was so grateful to be nominated Congratulations. for. Congratulations. Thank you. It, it's a huge honor. We Each school gets one nomination. And so at Kentucky, we had the number one WNBA draft pick. We had Abby Steiner, who is, I mean, world record holder track athlete. We had national championship volleyball team. I mean, so many amazing female athletes. And so when I was their nominee, I was just thrilled um, and, and truly humbled. I bet. But then when the full list of nominees was, was released, of course, <laughs> none other than Leah Thomas was nominated for Woman of the Year, to which instantly that award meant nothing to me. If we have to compete against men, it's not NCAA Woman of the Year. And I don't want the award. <laughs> But I still managed to go to the um, NCAA convention where they were announcing Woman of the Year. Um, I went down there. I pretty much orchestrated a rally with a bunch of different groups. We created this coalition, and I think it's pretty important to mention that these groups were from all over the political spectrum, which I hate that this issue has gotten political, but it has um, we had, of course, right-leaning groups. We had super liberal groups. So it was amazing. Um, we were able to deliver a petition directly to the NCAA with nearly 10,000 signatures. And just, I mean, a couple, two days, maybe we got all these signatures. And then we also directly presented them with a legal demand letter saying that if they don't stop discriminating on the basis of sex, there would be legal action taken. Um, which was pretty cool. They came right outside. I handed them the stuff. We talked for a second, um, to which they've done nothing <laughs> since then. Um, but there is a new president who will take effect in March. And so I am hopeful that president Charlie Baker will, um, I mean, he knows this is on his docket. It's forefront. It's something he has to handle and there's no getting around it. And so I'm hopeful he does the right thing. Have you heard from Congress at all? Anyone willing to take this on politically? Because again, this isn't, and look, I have a lot of thoughts about Leah Thomas because I think Leah Thomas has a public persona and I've seen, I've seen some of the other stuff that happens right. in Leah Thomas's personal, private right. social media right. life. And I'll, I'll, right. I'll let other people dive into that and go down that path if they like. And you certainly are free to weigh in. It's just, there's, right. it, it, right. it's not the super wholesome. Um, um, no. It's not the super wholesome persona that some tried to paint. I I think it was sports illustrated. Maybe was, was woman of the year. And I thought, no. Well, Leah Thomas was Philadelphia's most influential woman of the year, all of these different accolades, but in reality, which again, not to bring up someone's personal life, but I think it's important when, we're discussing who we as women were sharing a locker room, a changing space with. Yes. This person is an autogenophiliac, which means they are sexually aroused from dressing as a female. Um, it's not what true transgenderism is. 
it's they get sexual arousement from pretending to be a woman um which is crazy <laughs> that we allowed this person to we participated in their their weird fetish in the NCAA um but you participated without giving consent and that's a, that's critical in this right had you had, had had they been very forthright with you up front and said hey listen Riley here's the deal um you don't have to like this but we're letting you know ahead of time that Leah's going to be in the in the same locker room as you and right. Leah still has full male genitalia we're just telling you up front at least at that point as pissed off as you would be and as hurt right. as you would be you would you would be able to make an educated, informed decision as to what you wanted to do in regards to dressing or participating or whatnot. Correct. I mean, you, I mean, Correct. you would you and would. It sounds like almost like that's the bare minimum of what they should be doing. Well, that is the absolute bare minimum. I mean, right. I would be. I would as a father would be furious if my daughter right. were put in that situation. But at least then, I mean, you could say, okay, well. As inconvenient as it's going to be, I'm going to get dressed at the hotel, and I'm going to to I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll or or I'm going right. to me- mentally prepare myself for what right. what, what is to right. come. It, it, you you should not have been it, it should yeah. not have been a surprise, if you will. That yeah. hey, look, there's I mean, come on, that's that's insanity. Right. Podcast brought to you in part by G and M Pharmacy six six two two three six two 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 two. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer medicine. If your prescription's the same day each month. And take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have everything you need when you need it with G and M, whether it be Holly Springs or Oxford. They can also transfer your medications very, very easily. You make one call, they take care of the rest, and they will be your pharmaceutical needs or whatever they are. So again, that is Tyson Drugs and G and M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. Remind me to answer Grind's question in a minute, because I can recall. Uh, we're also brought to you by uh, Dead Soxy. The temperature is dropping somewhat. We have uh, entered prime sock season. Friends over at Dead Soxy just announced their BOGO winter sale. Right now, when you buy two sock bundles, you get the second bundle 50% off, or you can get a free pair of socks with any single pair you purchase. To get the deal, just put any two bundles or any two pairs of socks in your cart. Apply the code Rebel Grove. If you've got bundles in there, it will take 50% off the least expensive bundle. If you've got two pairs of socks in your cart, it will make the least expensive pair free. So head over to deadsoxy.com, stock up on this incredible winter sale, and as always, stay soxy. Game Changer patches are the uh, only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game ready for the next play. So go to gamechangerpatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Uh, ACS is owned by Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. Uh, They can service and install Rockwell Automation, Allen Bradley, Siemens, ABB, Square D, and many other manufacturers. So for more information or to get in touch with the people at ACS, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. And we're brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. Been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. 
Uh, whatever your jewelry needs are, they've got it. Great customer service at Lamons. I was uh, in Lamons just yesterday, not for Valentine's Day, but for other reasons. And um, they, they take great care of you. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it. If they don't have it, they can order it. It's the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in Jackson, Mississippi. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. Uh, Pinnacle will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's MyPinWealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, Wealth.com. Podcast also brought to you by Athletic Greens. That's AG1 by Athletic Greens. Take it every single day, always in the morning. Helps you work out recover if you did a lot of things yesterday just need a little bit of a boost i don't always eat perfectly so it gives you extra vitamins minerals supplements things that make you feel better throughout your day it's great for recovery empowers the gut whole body health and does many more things as well so for athletic greens ag1 that's comprehensive solutions what you need for your supplement routine they're giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin d five free travel packs for your first purchase you can go to athleticgreens.com slash mpw that's athleticgreens.com slash MPW. Yes, totally, totally insane. And it's sad that, again, that's what we went through. And and actually talking to one of Leah Thomas's teammates who, keep in mind, had to do this for a full year. I mean, not just a one-off meet. Every day had to share a locker room with Thomas. Um, we were talking and she was expressing her thanks to me. And she told me that when she was in high school, she was pretty violently raped, which is, I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, and so she, when Leah transitioned and began to change in their locker room, she sat her coaches down and was like, Hey, this is my past. This is what I've went through this is really hard for me. Like I, this is triggering, this is traumatic and it causes me great anxiety. Is there anything we can do? Because she, I mean, and she was a friend of Leah's, like, it's not like it was anything towards Leah and her coaches said, no, sorry. Um, educate yourself and go to the LGBTQ education center to realize how oppressed Leah is. Um, and when she told me this, like she, she seriously told me she still has nightmares to this day of her experience, which again, I'm fortunate that I didn't have that same traumatic experience in that, in that same sense, but I just can't even imagine being subjected to that for a full year and no one doing anything to help you. What's your hope here that ultimately common sense prevails and, and biological males compete against biological males and biological females compete, compete against biological females. Is it that simple? If you will, <laughs> it should be. My hope is that the people who are allowing this, um, the Biden administration, who's actively trying to rewrite title nine, um, the NCAA, all of these different, um, sports specific affiliations like FIFA or US rowing, they'll realize that in theory, it sounds inclusive. It sounds great. It sounds like everyone is loved. But in reality, they'll realize this isn't inclusive and it's not kind to affirm these people with these these genuine mental dysphorias. Um, affirming to that 
is not nice. Um, you're not helping their the trans community suicide rates. You're not doing anyone any good. Um, these inclusive policies in reality are exclusive to, to women. And I, I truthfully hope they will see that this, it opens an, a door for people. I mean, what man, I'm not sure. Sorry, I my watch is talking. What You're man okay. would hear that he could say that he's a woman. That's all he has to do to win a national title and undress with women. I mean, I'm sure that sounds like a lot of men's dream. This opens a door, and I'm not saying Leah Thomas solely transitioned to win or to be in a room with naked women, but there are people who would do that. And this opens that door to where people can take advantage of it, again, at the expense of women. And so I hope people realize, and again, another important point is that in swimming, I didn't have to worry about my safety. We weren't playing a physical, I mean, there's no physical contact, but look at what happened to the North Carolina volleyball player. Um, who was, I mean, spiked in the face by a male who was still having vision problems. She had to go directly to the hospital where she um, concussion, all the things. Look at Fallon Fox, the MMA fighter who crushed, broke that girl's skull. Um, look at, there was a, a hockey game where a transgender athlete took out a female. I didn't have to worry about my safety, but what happens in a sport where you do, this is, it's dangerous. And so I'm just hoping that these organizations allowing this will realize that before it's too late and before girls are assaulted and girls are harmed in their sport. And before too many scholarships and opportunities are lost. You mentioned dental schools, this going to um, perhaps lead you down a different life path. You, you obviously, (laughs) you obviously are, um, are well-spoken, you're articulate, you're, you're, uh, you have a very compelling story and, and you have a lot of courage. Is there any chance this leads you into public life? You know, at first I thought, absolutely not. Like dental dentistry is my passion. That's always what I've wanted to do, but I've realized that this is something I'm passionate about as well. Um, fighting to make sure no one, no girl young or old and of any sport has to go through this. And so I have developed or really understood my passion for this. And so I'm unsure. I'm kind of taking this day by day. I have my deposit in for dental school, but I don't know if I'm fully set on attending. Um, I'm working for an organization now called Independent Women's Forum where um, they've just allowed me to pretty much continue doing the same thing that I've been doing in terms of advocacy, but they're providing me opportunities to um testify both at the state and federal level for um, fairness in women's sports types of bills, which is amazing. I believe 18 states have have passed a save women's sports bill with several, several more in the process of doing so. And so it's been amazing because, again, ultimately my goal in speaking out was to enact change. And so by being involved politically being involved in the legislative side, I feel like changes are being made and I am doing everything I can to help this rather than just advance myself personally, because that's not, that's not what I want. Well, I told you this before we started. I mean, ultimately men can't save women's sports, right? No, women, women are going to have to save women's sports. I mean, it's, I know that maybe sounds kind of rote and ridiculous, but it's true. Right. Oh Yeah. 
And that, and that is, was my big realization is we can't rely on someone else. If we aren't willing to stick up for ourselves, no one else would be willing to stick up for us. If we're okay with allowing this to happen, why would anyone care? And again, it's women's sports, which don't necessarily generate the most revenue anyways. So who would care? No one. Well, people might care, but they're not willing to do anything about it if we're not. And so females have to be the ones to handle this. We have to be willing to take sacrifices. Um, And I know that's easier said than done. But again, if I could preach anything, it's that there's been so much support. Truthfully. That's not even me just saying that. I mean, 99% of the country agrees with this stance, 99% of the world. They know, they can recognize the blatantly obvious biological differences between men and women and the advantages that men have when it comes to something that requires sheer strength and athleticism. Um, And they see that. And so we are the majority here. I can guarantee you that. I was going to ask it's, you because it's fascinating. You say that ninety nine percent. I'm, 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 I'm wondering if how much of that is a little bit uh, hyperbolic, or how much of that is exactly right. I mean, you've gotten a ton of feedback, and I'm sure you've gotten some negative feedback. But how much more positive, because compared to negative, have you received? I, I'm pretty good at perspective. I'm not someone who's going to let the negative weigh on me because the personal attacks from these spam accounts, they don't bother me. They really don't. It's either coming from someone who is transgender themselves, who's morbidly obese or who has no profile photo because they're scared to show their face. I mean, I'm just not going to let that bother me Um, because I know truthfully in my heart, my convictions, and I know I'm not transphobic. I know I'm not discriminating against anyone. Um, on the basis of, you know, how they identify, I'm not judgmental. I I know I'm not. Right. Um, I never have been. But once you start to infringe upon me and I lose my consent to these privacy situations and we're dealing with direct unfair advantage or or we're at a disadvantage in our sport, that's when there's a problem. Um, Again, no animosity towards Leah Thomas outside of the fact that I think Leah is selfish and I think Leah lacks self-awareness, but who doesn't, you know, I mean, whatever, but I'm not someone who's going to let the negative stuff bother me. I'm just not. So I'm good at keeping into perspective um, how much positive I have gotten towards negative in comparison. And it's, it seriously is tenfold. And that's, with the fact of knowing that majority of people who agree with me still aren't reaching out. I mean, there's so many more people who are sane. It's just people are one, either scared to publicly say it. Um, I I think that's kind of really what it boils down to. I know people can follow you on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, that kind of thing. Uh, You've also got a a website. If I, if I, I'm trying to recall it exactly uh, that, that, you tell people about that if they want to learn a little bit yes. more? Yes. Um, so there, I started a federal pack. It's called www.ninepack.org. Um, that was, or that is a pack that I've been using to endorse candidates who are willing to, um, political candidates who are willing to advocate for women's sports. And again, this is regardless of where they stand politically. Of course, we've only seen it one way, but I'm willing to give um, the funds that I have to anyone who's willing to fight for us. 
Um, so that's one way to kind of help out the cause. Another way is to just make sure you're staying informed, which I hate to say, educate yourself because that really makes me sound like an activist, (laughs) but truthfully to stay educated on this topic, because the Leah Thomas situation is not a one-off basis. I mean, this is happening across all sports, all divisions, all ages. I mean, from, I had someone the other day who told me their six-year-old was a trans cheerleader, um, which I don't even know what that could possibly entail. <laughs> I can't imagine a six-year-old, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then again, the other day it was happening in masters golf, like um, the older leagues. So it's happening all the time. Just two days ago, Kate Weatherly, who's a cyclist, um, won a competition where Kate was awarded $1,100 from the female's pot when Kate is a man. It's happening all the time. So just making sure you're educated on this topic, which you can do by following icons on Twitter. Um, It's just I-C-O-N-S. And it stands for International Council on Women's Sports. They do a great job of kind of posting these breaking stories um, that are, are happening all across the nation, all across the world. Um, and then you can find me on social media on, on Twitter at Riley underscore gains underscore and on Instagram at Riley G Barker. Um, I'm always willing to talk again. This is to people who share my same view or to people who don't. Um, I am a big believer in open dialogue and understanding one's perceptions. Um, so I'm always willing to talk. So. Well, I certainly appreciate you talking to us. Uh, again, congratulations on your incredible career, uh, all of your accomplishments at Kentucky. It's it's really remarkable. I'm sure that your uh, your your trophy room is is jam packed <laughs> with uh, medals and trophies and ribbons and everything else. So, congratulations on all that you achieved in the pool and now what you're achieving uh, out of the pool. I'm a big fan. I, I, I admire the uh, the courage that it takes for you to speak up in this political climate, but you're doing it and, uh, your, your, your actions are, are, um, they're, they're noticed. So thank you again for spending some time with us. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Talk to you soon. I hope. Yes. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.